Hello, everyone, and welcome to the John Strzelecki Audio Experience. Welcome to a conversation you're going to love. Anna Doss from the Instagram channel Pineapples and Wine and I head down some very interesting paths, including what does your 80-year-old self think, the secret formula to living a successful life, what are your once-a-years, and beliefs which are unbelievable. Enjoy. I'm going to give you three terms, and I would like you to say what comes to your mind first. All right. Wow. So I get a, I get a test right out of the gate. All right, Anna. Sounds good. Hit me. Oh, it's not a test. <laughs> it's it's like that's how you you can you can see from the beginning how people are thinking, and I think it's a really nice like a little experiment. All right. So the first word is success. Success. Uh, spending as much time of your life as possible with the people that you care about and that you want to spend time with, doing the things that you absolutely love. That is victory. Nice. Okay, the next word is fulfillment. Uh, an inner feeling when you just know that you're doing, seeing, and experiencing the things that are the very reason why you were given the opportunity to be born. Mm -hmm. And the last one is passion. The thing that gets you so excited that you cannot wait to wake up first thing in the morning and get started on it and you actually have trouble going to sleep because you're so excited thinking about it. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I can feel your energy about those words. It's really nice. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, I like that idea and I like those those words and those questions because it does, it brings up the difference. Like when you're asking me that and I'm reflecting on it, there's been many times yeah. in my life when I would go to bed at the end of the day and just be like, oh, can't believe we get to do this all again tomorrow. Like so many times, especially when yeah. I was younger and trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. And the opposite yeah. is when you have something that you're super excited about, it's such a great feeling. You actually feel it on a cellular level, I think. Yeah, really nice. So you had talked about John um, when you were younger. Who is John today at this moment? Who are you today on this day? Yeah, I know at this point in my life, I've had the great fortune of allowing myself to be in that place of fulfillment, to do things that I am passionate about. Uh, and so I, I love the work that I do. I love being an author. I was just on tour. We were just talking about that. I was on tour for the fourth book in the, the Das Cafe. I'm Rana Develt series. And so I spent a month wandering around Germany and Switzerland. We didn't quite get to Austria, uh, but we'll get there next time. And uh, meeting with amazing fans and hearing their stories and getting to share concepts and ideas that I've been thinking about. And that is just fantastic. Like that is so drastically different than the life that I ever could have imagined for myself when I was 18, 19, 20, 25, even trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so I, I absolutely love the place that I've gotten to now. I don't like the fact that I look in the mirror and I'm quite a bit older, but uh, that's, <laughs> it's less of a vanity thing because I really don't care about that part of it, but it's more of a physicality thing. I do notice a difference as you get older. Yeah. And so I wish I had had the sort of awareness when I was younger that you can do something yeah. that you love. You can live this amazing life. But hey, better better that I figured it out when I was in my early 30s than uh, when I was in my early 80s. Yes. So. 
I think there are people who didn't figure it out like in their 70s. So yeah, I think it's never too late. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's really sad, you know, because I would imagine as you get to that point and you're closing in on the last aspects of your life, there's probably a lot of regrets then if you, because I think most of us inside have a sense of this is the kind of person I do want to be. Maybe even inside yeah. you have a sense of this is the person who I really am, but you're afraid to let it out. I can definitely remember yeah. times in my life like that when I knew I had the capacity to do something, but I was just too uncertain yeah. inside. You know, I was just too self-conscious. And that's whether it's going up and talking to someone who seems interesting that you're interested in, or whether it's standing on yeah. a stage and offering whatever is your genius, whether it's a song or whether it's a moment of wisdom, whatever. Everyone's got that thing where they know they think to themselves, I could totally do that. And I suppose when you get to 70 plus 80, whatever, if you haven't actually done it, you probably have some regrets at that point. Yeah. And that'd be sad. I, I, I often try to imagine my 80 year old self mm. when I'm not sure about some things or I'm um, unsure about myself. And then I'm always thinking, okay, what would you think with 80 about this part of your life? Would you, would you say to yourself, go just do it or would you say oh it's good that you didn't do it and that scares me a lot because that's like a really scary um picture inside of my head to be 80 and to regret like to regret that i didn't live the way i wanted to live i love that i think that's genius to use that as part of your decision making process uh, for two reasons yeah. i think it's genius one is because i remember when my grandfather passed away and he was in his 80s this is going back a bunch mm -hmm. of years and I, I was at a very important decision point in my own life in that, in that exact time period when he, he passed. And I used something like that. I thought to myself, wow, if I keep living the life that I'm living, what will I be thinking when I get to be 80? Like if I keep doing what I'm doing and I get to be 80, will I be okay with that? Or will I have a life of regrets? And so I think it's awesome that you use that as part of your decision process. What have you discovered when you've used it? Do you find most of the time that it inspires you to take action or does it inspire you to not take action? Which one? Yeah, it inspires me to take action because <laughs> everything seems so unnecessary. Every, every, every negative thought seems like really small when I think this way because you're like, okay, the things I'm afraid of right now what do they mean in one year or in two years? They're like nothing. Yeah. Most of them are only thoughts in our heads and we make them big and bigger and bigger. But when you think like that, you see the problems as no problems anymore. Or your, um, your things you're scared of, they're, they're getting really small when you think like that. Yeah. So it helped me a lot. It I love me that. A lot. I love that. You know, it's yeah. funny that this idea of tapping into the awareness when you're older in the third book in the cafe series, he's a character that comes back in the fourth book as well, the character of Max. I don't know if you've you've read that one, but Max is, you know, 79, 80. I don't say exactly how old he is, but he's he's up there. He's he's got that the the wisdom of age. And I love the fact that he basically is that voice in the head that you're talking about from a positive perspective. Yeah. He's he's got you know, he just kind of says it like it is. Like, what are you kidding me? Like, I'm 80. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's true. That's yeah, because there's certain things that, as you said, when you put them in the timeline from a different perspective. So, for example, in the, in the book I talk about, well, he challenges the character of John. He says, well, tell me something that you love. He says, well, I love, you know, Christmas. And here we are coming up to the Christmas holidays, actually. 
And he says, well, how old are you? And he says, how old he is? And he says, well, you've got about 28 Christmases left. And mm-hmm. when you start thinking about life in that way, like what are the things that you love that only happen once a year? It could just be summer. It could be Christmas. It could be something specific. Yes. And if you think just how precious those are, then like you said, it makes yeah. these, these small beliefs that we're holding in our head seem insignificant compared to the importance of that. Yeah. And I have to admit, like a few years ago, I didn't want to think that way because I was scared of um, imagining myself that there are, the Christmas is not forever, the holidays are not forever. So I was scared to think as my older self because I didn't live a life I liked. Mm-hmm. I did things I didn't like. I like I had people around me I didn't really like all the time. So I was scared to think about my 80-year-old self because the 80-year-old self would be really depressed about that. Yeah. So I I forced myself not to think of that. And since I like what I do, I like with the the people around me, I like everything about life right now. I love to think that way because I know I won't regret anything. And I think that's the reason maybe why some people don't think like that or are scared to think like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The pain associated with dealing with whatever you're, you have in your life is so significant that people will try to avoid the pain. And there's lots of ways that people do that. They can use substances to do that, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or something else. They can use behavioral patterns of just avoidance, uh, which you talked about, shopping every day to make me feel better because I made I made a contribution to my life today. I bought something. There's all kinds of ways yeah. that people will cover up that pain. It takes great courage to dive into the pain, which you did. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious what was it that enabled you to make that transition where you were willing to look inside and deal with that and then make those changes? Um, I just wasn't happy. So <laughs> I was like 20, I think 25, 24, 25. And um, I, I recognized that I lived my whole life that way and it didn't work out to be happy. So mm. it, that one, plan A didn't work out. So let's try plan B and see what happens because it can't get any worse. I wasn't depressed or something, but I just wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I didn't know what these words exactly mean. So I tried to do it the other way and I opened myself up for self-development, for spirituality and stuff like that. And it worked out. So I never stopped. I'm glad that. that I did it. Um, it wasn't the first lockdown, like for many people in, in the whole world. So for, I think for some people, the first lockdown was really depressing because they had to deal with themselves. And for some, it was great, like for me, because I had to te- deal with myself, but I did it in a good way. And it was sometimes pain, but sometimes it was really good. Um, but the whole thing about it was was great. So since I then, it. I started live my life the way I want to. Yeah, and and you know, um, a funny thing is your your books. So the, the first book, I think in English, it's Why Are You Here Cafe? I didn't know that. Uh, it's the, so the I, Cafe I on the Edge of the World, actually. Yeah, so it's titled the same. As oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was one of my first self-development books. And when I read it a few years ago, I, re- I, I read it like this. Wow, okay. I was enlightened because all the things I heard um, was the first time I heard them. But they they made so much sense, like no other words and book did before. And I read it again one month ago because I was curious, how will I read it now? Right. And 
it was like a journey about my younger self and I really loved it. I, I read it in two hours and it was like, I remember when I read that, I remember when I saw this, I remember when I thought this, it was really nice to read. So um, I also gave it to my mother and my sister because I said, you have to read it just for yourself because it's, it's simple, but it has such a deep impact. Thank you. And I really loved it about that book. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm really nice. completely honored that it is part of your story. I, I do think we started off our conversation with those three words and tied to those three words are yeah. our, our purpose. And I do believe that part of my purpose on the planet is to be the conduit for the cafe story and the big five for life story and the other things that come through me when I go through the writing process. And the question is why, why is that part of my story? And it's part of my story because I have been inspired by other books, just like you've been inspired by the cafe on the edge of the world. And when I was younger, I knew inside of me that I had this creative part. I knew inside of me that I was very empathic. I could feel people's pain and I wanted to help them move beyond that pain. I just didn't believe that I was capable of doing that. And it wasn't until my early 30s when I realized that, no, I actually, I had that capacity. And when I finally embraced that, you, you, you embraced your inner self much earlier than I did. It took me until I was in my early 30s. So good for you. Uh, what's wonderful about when we do that is that it, it exactly as you described, it opens up a whole array of possibilities, things that we couldn't even mm-hmm. see before that. So I'm honored yeah. that my my cafe worlds that I help bring into uh, people's periphery is part of your story. That's I love that. Definitely was. And also that big five for life. I read it and I was like, I want to work there so bad. <laughs> it was before I I I'm, I was self-employed, so I worked in an elderly home, and I read and I was like, oh, I want to work there. I want to move there. I want to be in this company because it sounds like like a dream. And um, I think every company should work that way. Maybe it's um, it's not that easy, but you definitely could do that. So I'm happy and I'm grateful that you wrote that book and you told about um, this way of working because it it works out if you want to do it. It does. And the, probably the biggest takeaway that I share with people is that everyone has the opportunity to be that type of leader, even if you're only leading yourself. Yeah. We, you know, we're yes. all leaders. Someone has to get you out of bed in the morning. Someone has to motivate you to, yeah. to do the things that you do every single day. And so whether you're leading just yourself, which is perfect, or whether you're leading yourself and others, we all have the capacity to be that role model, to live that way, to lead that way. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, instead of people reading the book and saying, oh, I got to work in that company, they're going to say, oh, I'll go on, I'll go work with Anna because she's leading in that way, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So you, you before you said that... Um, you had this um, this thoughts and um, all of that. What are you doing now in your early thirties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that um, everything has to be as it is? Because you said you you wish that you um, did those things earlier. But do you think you had to wait, or they, what, that, did, uh, that this was your time to do that? What you're doing right now? I don't believe I had to wait. No. Um, in Safari Disliebens, I talk about a concept where we, before we're born, that we are an entity, a soul, something, and that we look at the human experience and we say, well, here's the things that I would like to go through when I go through the human experience. Here are the challenges I would like to, to, to deal with. 
And then when we enter the human form and then as we go through our life, sure enough, these things that we picked for ourselves are the challenges that we, we encounter. I believe we start encountering them at very young ages. And so it could be lack of self-confidence, for example. And so there could be something that you experience when you're five. And if you don't deal with it, you know, your first opportunity to deal with is very gentle. And then when you're seven or eight, you get another shot. That's a little more of a tap on the shoulder from the universe. And then eventually you're going to get an opportunity to deal with it in a very big way. It would be like, you know, the giant two by four across the forehead saying, hey, (laughs) remember, this is the thing you picked. So I do believe that if you have the awareness and the capacity to address those earlier, you can certainly do that. Now, would my life have taken a different trajectory because of that? Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't have been the guy who who was part of the cafe world. Maybe it would have been someone else's journey. I don't know. But I do believe that as early as we possibly can, that it is possible to realize what you've realized at a younger age than I did. And I've seen young children, if they're allowed to maintain it, have that awareness at a very young age, that Mm -hmm. this is a gift. This human experience is such a unique and special opportunity. And the game is actually quite simple. The game is to allow yourself to find the things that you love to do, to find people who are doing it in ways that enable them to live the life that they want to live. So from an income standpoint, like what do you love to do? And if you need to make an income, who out there is making an income doing the thing that you love to do? Learn everything you can about those people, apply it to your life. And then as we talked about earlier, spend as many minutes of your life doing the things that you love to do with the people that you love hanging out with. And if you can get that message at a young age and hang on to it, because it's very easy to get distracted, but if you can get that message at a young age and hang on to it, I think that you could have a spectacular life from a very, very early starting point. Definitely, yeah. So I always miss my interviews to let my interview partner introduce themselves <laughs> because I always go into the talking. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself for all the people who maybe don't know you, maybe for all the people who knows you. Um, yeah, just go on. <laughs> yeah, so I... Uh, John Strzelecki is my name, and I'm the author of books. Probably the most famous book that people recognize is The Café on the Edge of the World, or for the German-speaking audience, Das Café am Rade der Welt. And there are four books in that series. There's two books in the Big Five for Life series. I just referenced another one, Safari des Lebens, and I've written, I believe, five other ones in addition to that. And that is the, the work that I share, the stories that I write are a reflection of the thoughts that I have. I always say the very first person who's supposed to read my books is me. I believe the reason the stories flow through me is because what the characters are dealing with, what the characters are struggling with are the same things that I've been dealing with or struggling with. I'm always searching for answers to the way that we can actually have a spectacular experience in this lifetime. I've learned over time that it's not always going to be easy. No matter how much you are in sync with the life that you want to live, there's definitely going to be down moments. If we allow ourselves, though, to spend as much time as possible living the life that we want, the down moments are actually higher than what used to be our high moments. It's like an asc- I call it an ascending life curve. It's something I talk about in the Big Five for Life book. And so in addition to being an author, uh, I'm a dad. I have a daughter. She's 15. That has been one of the most spectacular experiences of my life. I don't think it's for everyone, so I'm not saying that that needs to be everyone's story. But if it is part of your story, it's going to be one of the greatest adventures you ever go on. And speaking of adventure, at my core, that is who I am. I'm fascinated by this amazing world that we live in. And I think to myself, as you were describing, as I think about often also, 
if I get to be 80 and I look back over my life and I have not gone out there and done the adventures that I want to go on, whether it's, you know, going down the face of a volcano on a, uh, a, a toboggan ride or whether it is wandering the depths of the Amazon in a dugout canoe, if I didn't do those things, would I look back on my life with regret? And the answer is 100% yes, because that's, I'm an adventurer at heart. And so that's what I need to be doing is out adventuring. Yeah, really, really nice. Yeah. So you talked a lot about adventures. Um, Wait, hang on I a second. So I want to ask you the same question. Yeah. How would you describe what yourself? I'm, how would I describe myself? Yeah. Um, as an explorer, I think. <laughs> I think I'm exploring like the whole time. That's what I'm feeling. So um, I have like maybe four jobs right now. I'm self-employed in every one of them. And I'm exploring every job of them. Everything I'm doing, I'm exploring. So when something of some some job or some work I do, I when I don't like it anymore tomorrow or one in one week, then I will stop and then I will find out another way to um, to live and to um, yeah to be occupied. So I would describe myself as an explorer, and I think I will never stop exploring because. There's so much in this world we can explore and there are so many people we can explore. I love people. I really, that maybe that's why I have a podcast, but I really <laughs> love people and I love to talk to people and to get to know them and um, find out what, what they're thinking of the world and of um, little things because with every conversation you, you change and you grow. And I think that that's what life is about to to change constantly, to grow constantly and um, to get inspired and to be inspiring. And I think that's what I'm doing with every one of my jobs. I'm an occupational therapist, so I work a lot with older people. I love old people because they know what it's really about in life, most yeah. of them. Um, I work as a uh, mental coach, so I do that because I've been on another point in my life. And I know that I um, that I changed a lot, and I know that everyone can change when when you want to. That's why I'm doing the mental coaching. But I'm exploring there as well. Um, I have my Instagram where I do my my work all about self development. I also love that, and I have my podcast. So every task I'm doing, I'm exploring. And I think, yeah, don't think that I will ever stop because there's so much that you can explore and you can try and you can figure out. And um, it would be sad if you don't do it. So I always say it to my coaches, it would be the worst imagination to do the same thing my whole life. Yeah, That's, that's the worst for me because it, 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 it seems like a nightmare to never try things, never, I don't know, do things you're scared of. And, or I, and I, think that's, what, what. I think that's awesome that you have that awareness because for somebody else, the repetition and the consistency might be their version of perfection. And that's, yeah. I think, one of the greatest aha moments of life is when you say, listen, it's about deciding for yourself what really floats your boat. And so for you, I hear it's, it's, it is, it's the, the variety. Look, you've got four things running at the yeah. same time and that works so great for you. That would drive somebody else crazy, but it works great for you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not always good. I know that because I'm sometimes I'm like unpatient a little bit and I'm like, I have a lot to do, but I want to do more and I want to do this and that. Um, 
but somehow it works. Sometimes it feels like I have 10 balls in my head and I try to <laughs> catch them all. <laughs> so as an explorer, that, that was uh, a lot of exploration that I hear in terms of the experiences. So doing the different jobs gives you a lot of different experiences. Exploring in yeah. terms of your interactions with others. You were talking about the older people that you interact with. You do your podcast, your Instagram channel, and all the interactions with fans from that, I'm sure. Do you explore uh, geographically as well? Is travel part of your story? Yeah, it is. I've been in, like, last, last week I've been in Tokyo in Japan. Okay. <laughs> um, I came back on Monday, and oh, I, I really love this. I love different cultures, and Japanese people are, like, the most calm and kind people I've met so far, I think. They're, I think their purpose of living is what's better for the others. Mm. But not in a way that's toxic. It's in a way that, okay, I'm feeling good. How can somebody else feel good as well? Yeah. And it was really nice to feel that energy there. So traveling really is a part of um, my exploration. In I love life. Well, you're, you're clearly exhibiting one of my favorite things, which is questioning every belief that you have. Because growing up in an environment where most people are doing one job and they're doing the same thing over and over again, my guess is that you were probably exposed to that as the version of reality that most people would expect you to follow. And so it's amazing how when we allow ourselves the freedom to question all the beliefs that we have, that we can open up new possibilities. Yeah. And here you are doing completely different stuff because what's further interesting to me is that of the four things that you're doing they're not even 100 like related related occupational therapy oh. would not strike me in the same category as podcasting and so you're yeah. really blowing up the whole belief system and saying no i actually can do lots of different things and uh, i love yeah. that i think that's one of the things that i didn't recognize or realize earlier was that we we absorb these belief systems you know when we're younger just as we're looking out at the world or what people tell us, that's how we get yes. a belief. Very, very infrequently is our belief actually driven by our own personal experiences. And so if we're not careful, we're going to end up at 80 with a whole bunch of beliefs that really aren't even ours. But if we allow ourselves at as young of an age as possible, that freedom to say, wait, why do I actually think that's true? And do I yeah. really think it's true? Or did somebody else tell me it was true and I just believed it? And so I think you're clearly an expert on that. And to me, that's one of the greatest things ever is allowing ourselves, again, that open-minded freedom perspective to question every belief that we think is true. It is, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um, also something people are scared of because when you have your beliefs, you're in your comfort zone and you, you always have an answer why you can't do something because yeah. there's this belief. And so they feel safe and um, it's not comfortable, but it's more comfortable than to like to question those beliefs and um, to try something new. And yeah. That's really and, why people don't do it. Yeah. And let's say that somebody had the, the so they in their heart, they knew that they wanted to be an explorer and they wanted to go to Tokyo. But their belief system said it was impossible. Nobody from my town could ever do that. Nobody from my background could ever do that. And then they meet someone who's actually done it in yeah. that moment. And so let's say that they figured that out or let's say that they met that person when they were in their or late 40s, early 50s. Well, and they meet, they meet you. So they can see in themselves you and your story. And they're though late 40s, early 50s. 
they either have one of two choices. They can either look and say, wow, like Anna did it. And so clearly it is possible. She has a similar background to mine, et cetera. So if they are willing to adjust their belief system, they have to deal with the fact that I actually could have done this 20 years ago. Yeah. I could have been an explorer for the last 20 years. And sometimes that is so painful for people because they realize what they missed that you're right. They just yeah. hide under the shell hide under the rock and they don't want to come out. But that's tragic, you know, because, hey, if you're in your 40s, if you're in your 50s, whatever, better to have a day in the sun than hide under the rock until it's over. Yeah, it is. And I think it's sometimes also a little um, a little bit a generation thing mm. because when I'm thinking of my younger sister, she's um, 20 now and um, it's only nine year difference between her and me. But um, her generation and the friends she has and what she's doing, they're all self-employed with 18, 19. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got <laughs> self-employed with 25, 26. How did you do that? Why did I why didn't I do it earlier? Um, it gets earlier and earlier. I don't know, because of social media, because of whatever. I think it's good. Um, but also, it's also a generation thing. So when someone with 40 sees me, um, maybe could say, yeah, but it was easier um, in your life. It was easier in your generation. Sure. And uh, you had, I don't know, this. I mean, sometimes it's true. It's a little bit true. I know that. But I appreciate it a lot. I appreciate my generation. I appreciate everything that um, I had um, and every possibility I had, of course. But I can see it when, when, I, um, when I see the friends of my little sister who are going to Dubai. I've never <laughs> been there to go to Dubai like, times in the year because of their business. And I'm like, okay, interesting. It's, it's so I think we have one of two choices in those moments. So we can either do what you were describing, which is the person who says, you know, the person, that person in their forties. And it's, it's very easy to come up with plenty of excuses, plenty of reasons why. And, and that's, if that's someone's choice, that's fine. That's their choice. An alternative though, is to say, wow, look at that this person has figured out how to do, see, or experience something that I also would love to do, see, or experience. So instead yep. of seeing it as a threat to our belief system or as a reason we need to prove it's not possible for us, we could just embrace it. We could just yep. say, well, you know, they've just, they've just marched through the jungle and carved a path for me. They've proven it's okay to go to Dubai when you're 18. So clearly it's yep. okay to go when you're 25. And yeah. so I think it's all about how we look at that moment that determines whether or not we will grow and uh, enable ourselves to then have an experience like that or whether we push it way to the side and say, I don't want to go there. So, and I think it actually yeah. fits into something that I, I think about on a very regular basis, the importance of feeding ourselves a healthy dose of inspiration every single day. And that healthy dose of inspiration can be a willingness to look at somebody else's success and not feel jealous to instead say, oh, wow, they're proving that it's possible. That's awesome. Because the pie is plenty big. Like there are plenty of opportunities, you know, so to look at someone else who's in the podcasting arena and say, oh, they have, uh, you know, 20 times as many listeners as I do. Okay. Well, that just means it's possible to have 20 times as many people who are interested in your content. doesn't mean you're not good enough. doesn't mean that you can't get there. They're actually proving yeah. that it's possible. And so I think it's really yeah. one of the things that I, I most do my very best to embrace in my life, this healthy dose of inspiration every single day, whether it's a phrase, whether it's a funny video, whatever. But if you're going to spend your minutes doing something, why not bring a little bit of that inspiration into your life? 
And uh, I, I think that's great. The fact that you're willing to look at people who are older in your occupational therapy work, and you're also looking at people who are younger in your, your, your sibling, like that gives you an unlimited source of inspiration. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah, that's true. Talking about grow, how does um, personal, uh, personal development find its place in your daily living? So do you do something like every day? So you always stay connected with yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a reflection of the fact that I do the work that I do with the books that I write and that it's constantly yeah. top of mind for me. And it's also because yeah. I've found that it works very effective. So I tend to be the type of personality that when I, when I find something that works really well for me, I stay with it. I don't feel the need to jump and try 10 other different things. And I've applied mm -hmm. that to my life as an athlete. And so when I, when I find a training technique that works great for my body type, It doesn't mean that I'll yeah. never try something else, but I will stay with it yeah. until I find something that is clearly better. So you know what I'm saying? So I don't feel the need to yeah. jump around, jump around. And so for me, yeah. one of the things that works really great is the concept that I shared in the book, The Big Five for Life. And I talk about it a bit in Safari Deslebens too. And this is the awareness of what are the things that I most want to do, see, or experience in my lifetime before I die. And I like that construct mm -hmm. because when I put it in that, con that, cons that construct, that concept, that these are the most important things before I die. Having that mortality element in there does to me what I heard you talking about earlier of when you're thinking about when you're 80. It reminds me that this is super important. I don't want to get to the end and not have done, seen, or experienced the things that I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to miss out on going on an adventure somewhere if I knew I had the capacity to do it. And so every single day I think about what are my big five for life? And I look at my to-do list and I look at my inbox and I say, okay, if this is the way I spend my day, will I have lived in alignment with my big five for life? Or will I get to the end of the day and will I feel like, I can't believe I just wasted today. Because I've had that. I've, I've, you know, I have those moments even today. As, as, as rigid as I am in a positive sort of way about staying focused, it's easy to get distracted. You know, your inbox is full of people who are asking you to do something. Very rare. Very rarely is there something in your inbox that says, I just want to give you this thing. It's usually somebody who's saying, hey, can you help me with this? And that's all wonderful. But if you're not careful, you don't go and do the adventures that you want to have. Right? You're not out there wandering in the ways that you and a love to wander because you're constantly addressing other people's version of what they think you should be doing. So that's what I love about the Big Five for yeah. Life. It keeps you super focused every single day. So I use it on a, on a daily basis. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been brought to you by the fantastically awesome JS Audio Team. Produced by the talented and so darn fascinating Larry Hodder. All right, everybody. Remember, life is short. Statistically, 28,900 days. So get out there and make this one a museum day.